Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to HomeThreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Dinner and I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. HomeThreads, love where you live. That's HomeThreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As a resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven-roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. struggling to figure out what Happy Meals are, thinking about general categories like sheet pan dinners, one pot dinners, slow cooker dinners, instant pot dinners, all of those are like really fast and family friendly. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Hey, before we get into today's episode, don't forget to subscribe right now, right where you're listening. And if you find yourself with maybe an extra minute, even like an extra 30 seconds, leave us a rating or write a review. Those ratings help other busy parents and home cooks discover us. Stacy, I am hyped for this episode. I know. We don't know what to call it. I though. know. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. We don't know what to call it. But we know what it is, right? There are these meals, these meals that make everyone at your table happy, but they also are super easy to pull off. So they make you as the home cook happy. Usually there's like some shortcut or convenience thrown in. Kendra from the Lazy Genius, who we've we've had as a past guest, she calls them brainless crowd pleasers. At Kitchen, we've called them miracle meals, which is like, I feel a little bit overpromising. <laughs> <laughs> You've called them happy meals, but uh, there's a small problem with that. Yeah, just a little copyright infringement <laughs> issue. But it just makes so much sense. They make you happy as the cook because they're quick and easy and not a lot of labor at all. Because, you know, there are those like quick, easy meals that you can get done quickly, but it's still like a lot of work in that short time. We're talking like super easy, throw it together, and then everybody else is happy because it's something that everybody likes to eat. Yeah. 
Do you feel like there are a lot of meals that it's like the Venn diagram of everyone in your house likes to eat it? I There are definitely meals that everybody in my family likes to eat. You know, and I want to get to this at the end of the episode. My bigger issue is finding a vegetable side that everybody <laughs> wants to eat. Like I can I find a like main. That's like a universal issue. What the hell, everybody? Yeah. Like I can't. Mike will eat any vegetable. It's great. But the boys have really different, I don't know, opinions about vegetables. And it makes you know, it really, really hard. Exactly the same way. It's like one of them loves broccoli one week, but then the other one definitely doesn't. Or... Ella likes cauliflower, but a cert- cook- only cooked a certain way. And it's like the one way that Emmett won't eat it. Yes, totally. Yes. <laughs> like, why? 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 So maybe we need a lightning. We need to put ourselves through an, our own lightning round of easy vegetable sides. Because you're right. Sometimes one of the things that happens with the, like, people are like, oh, this one recipe is a, is a crowd pleaser or, like, will make your whole family happy. And then you go to make it and you're like, oh, but. There's uh, there's no vegetable side totally. here or there's totally. no side at all. It's like the main thing. And then you're scrambling or my classic is I always have those like steam and bag veggies in our freezer. And so then I'm like just throwing that in the free in the microwave at the last minute. And then it's not very delicious or exciting. So that doesn't really make me happy. Totally. But I do that at least twice a week. Yeah. For and sure. I'm like, that, I, that's what it is. Maybe that's why my kids don't like vegetables <laughs> I know. And I was just like, oh, we had a whole episode about sauces. Haven't we also done a veggie side episode? And like, we know, and also how, to, I know on, how to make them taste good. I just maybe forget. Also one on how to make veggies taste good. <laughs> that was <Yes>. an episode. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, I should definitely listen to my own advice more often, huh? Or are your good advice, right? Yes, definitely. And it's hilarious because in that episode on how to make veggies taste good, we really were like, that's the key, people. <laughs> like, If you make it taste good, that's the most that you can do to help encourage your kids to eat. And then here I am like twice a week throwing steaming bag <laughs> string beans at my kids and being like, why don't you guys eat vegetables anymore? Um, so yes, that lightning round would be good because especially for these, whatever we're going to call them, like happy meals, miracle meals, whatever. I rely very heavily on pasta. Do you? I I do. I do too, but don't maybe didn't, wouldn't have thought to call it out. Yeah. And well, I think I call it out because I don't typically like when I meal plan, like when I'm in a groove, I don't cook a lot of pasta because Mike likes to like eat like higher protein meals. Yeah. I don't eat, like, I don't. I try not to eat tons of carbs because it doesn't make me feel great. And so, like, maybe a pasta every other week if I'm planning. But when I'm in that space where I need just something quick, because I always keep pasta in the pantry, I rely heavily on that. I have, like, a couple that I go to all the time. One is a creamy lemon pasta because... I almost always have heavy cream, lemons, salt, pepper, and pasta, butter too. And that's a really easy one. And we'll link to this stuff. Um, I make a lighter fettuccine Alfredo that I can also link to that everybody really likes. Ooh, didn't and you do that as like an Instagram TV? You walked through it. So I did. that's like a really great resource if someone's like, ooh, I've never tried to pull this off quickly. Because I think 
the word Alfredo is like kind of intimidating, but it's actually just a super simple pan sauce. It is so quick and easy. And again, you know, for that, I just need a little bit of butter, cream, pasta. I use chicken broth in that version. So it's like made with basically all pantry ingredients. Pesto pasta is another one. And this one I like because, you know, you can get the from the refrigerator section of the supermarket, like already made pesto if you're not making your own, which is never what I do when I'm making one of these happy meals. (laughs) Sometimes I'll have it in the freezer, but really like only late summer, early fall. And I'll throw green beans into that. So it's also like a one pot meal. And I I have a recipe for that with a spinach pesto that I make from scratch sometimes in the summer. Um, But it's great because that's when I can use those steam and bag green beans in a different and more flavorful way. I was going to say, yeah, in a tasty way. (laughs) And then, of course, spaghetti and meat sauce using jarred sauce is a like go to. And that's even when I'm meal planning. But like browning the meat and flavoring it very quickly, if I'm really short on time, I'm not even cutting up onion and garlic. Or I can use a microplane just to microplane garlic really quickly. A lot of onion powder, a lot of garlic powder, salt, pepper, and then dumping a jar of my favorite jarred sauce and letting it cook just like for five, maybe 10, but not even minutes to just come together into something and then tossing that on top of pasta. I think spaghetti and meat sauce is a super quick cooking meal, but I want to shout out two things, which is... I recently, when I'm making like spaghetti and meat sauce on the stovetop, have stopped boiling the pasta separately. I just use my biggest, widest saucepan and add the spaghetti directly to the pan and put a little bit of water over it and then cook it covered, which is basically the ethos of those one pot pastas that were really popular maybe five years ago, I think. Martha Stewart was the first one to really like publish it. And then there's so many on Kitchen. We've done so many what we call snapshot meals where it's basically like the same formula, but you change up the flavor. So we'll link to those, too, if you need some ideas of like literally you don't even have to boil water for this kind of like happy meal. And then I also just want to shout out. Um, It's been a minute since I've made it, but talking about these brainless meals got me thinking about the Instant Pot spaghetti that maybe two years ago was really popular and I wrote about for Kitchen. Because if you do have an Instant Pot and if, like, for some reason you don't want to use the stove, it is so fast. It's just as fast as doing it as a one pot on the stove top. But there's something about the starch that the pasta releases into the sauce as it's cooking and the the meat is essentially like cooked under pressure too that really makes it feel very luxurious um so that's one of my favorite miracle meals i love that you call it luxurious because okay just go with me on this one okay i'm about because <laughs> i completely agree with you But at the same time, it's pretty funny because the way that I describe it is like a super high-end SpaghettiO. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like the way that the... That could be luxurious. Yeah, like the way that the starch (laughs) works when everything's cooking under pressure in one pot, it gives the pasta a kind of texture that reminds me of canned spaghetti, but like way better. Like the good part of that without the mushiness. Yes. Yeah. Right. 
So that I think of it that way and then you use the word luxurious. And I was like, yes and yes, but that's a funny kind of pairing. <laughs> Listen, we we contain multitudes. We can have dichotomies in food, right? It can be luxurious <laughs> and also remind you of SpaghettiOs. It's a five. <laughs> okay, can we talk about chicken? Because... Uh, you know that's my favorite topic. <laughs> I know it is, but here's the thing. Sometimes when we, like, make our notes before we record, not to, like, pull the curtain back too much, but I try to think of, like, what will Stacy say so that I don't come with the same ideas. And one thing that I think of when I think of you, Stacy, is, like, a chicken cutlet, but very specifically, you have this, like, I, it's not quite a schnitzel... But, like, you talked about it at length in the chicken nugget episode where you take, like, a chicken cutlet and you basically bread it really quickly. And then you make a quick little, like, salad or slaw to throw on top of it. And I know that your family, like, at least used to, you can update us, loves that. And that has really inspired me to make that more often for my family. Feels like a little bit more cooking, but still I'm kind of only dirtying one pan. So when we're doing the Happy Meal version, which is what I'm going to call it now, I don't use breadcrumbs the way I just said it at the beginning of the episode. Like, I want this to be super fast to cook. And even though I really do believe that breading chicken cutlets is like a one, two, three thing, it does take a little longer. And I know it's not like that for everybody. So something that I do for these super fast meals is a little unconventional, and I never would have done it on my own, but our babysitter for years, Jenny, makes Jenny's chicken fingers, which my kids are obsessed with. I've written an entire freaking cookbook on chicken, but if you ask them their absolute number one favorite like chicken meal, it's Jenny's chicken fingers. Yes. And Jenny is like an old school cook. You know, she like grabs the onion in her hand and like, chops it like that. She doesn't even take out the cutting board. I don't know if you've ever seen people do this where they like half the onion with one hand and then they hold it and then they just like chop it. And they're like the way you would cut an avocado, you know, where you're like, watch out, don't go through that skin. Jenny's like, yeah, no problem. And she will just take the chicken. And I used to buy for her just so she didn't have a lot of prep when she was making it already like cut into strips, like just buying the chicken strips. But like a quick little side note here, and I've said this a million times before, that the more processed and prepped the chicken is when you buy it, the more expensive it's going to be by the pound. So I will buy chicken breast because I find that butterflying the breast and then cutting them into strips is not a big deal. But you can also buy the cutlets, which then you can just cut into strips or even easier, take uh, kitchen shears and cut it up, or just buy the chicken strips if that's part of your budget and that's easy. Because once you have the chicken strips, the thin chicken strips cut up, put them in a bowl. She just tosses them with a little bit of flour, salt, pepper, and then a ton of onion powder and garlic powder. All in the bowl. So she's not doing the like step by step, like let me dredge in flour on this plate. Like she just dumps it all in a bowl and then tosses it with tongs. Toss, toss, toss. Lightly oils the pan and then fries them. And they just get a little brown. They don't have a crispy coating because there's no breadcrumbs. There's no egg or anything like that. But it does crisp up. And that onion powder and garlic powder, like using a whole bunch of it, is really delicious. So Jenny's 
Chicken fingers is something I do. I definitely do chicken cutlets. But again, when I'm going really fast, I'll do like a quick flour dredge, brown them. You know, maybe I'll season with different spices, whatever I have on hand, and then make a very quick pan sauce. Should we talk about pan sauce really quick? Because I feel like pan sauce sounds hard, but it's actually super easy. It sounds hard and it is super easy. But I want to real quick talk more about chicken fingers. Is yeah. Yes, <laughs> okay. no. Because I feel like it's been a minute since we talked about Jenny's chicken fingers. And I realized like in that time, I've written about like crispy oven chicken fingers for kitchen, which is a really great recipe to link to. And we'll do all that in the show notes. But it uses like the same concept of, of like just using the bowl to, to coat everything, but uses a bag like a zip top bag disposable, which, you know, you could use a stasher bag or a reusable bag and wash it out. But it, it totally reminds me of shake and bake. Did you ever have that when you were growing up? Totally. <laughs> yes. And like, that's one thing if your kids love or your family loves sort of like breaded chicken, um, Shake and Bake is still in the grocery stores. Is it really? Yes. And it even comes like the seasoning packet comes with a bag and it's like kind of a flimsy plastic bag. But like I say, if that's something you reach for a lot, like you should buy it. We'll link. I think I bet you can find it online and we'll link to a place to buy it, too. But I also wanted to say in that recipe in particular on kitchen, I use mayo instead of doing like the whole dredge thing. You like coat the chicken pieces with mayo and then toss them with breadcrumbs. And that makes for like a really crispy chicken finger from the oven, which is just like another nice alternative if you want more of that breading or your kids are expecting breading and you want to just pull it off from things you already have in your kitchen. Okay. Wait, the mayo thing is going to, I'm going to take us on a tiny short little side note and then we'll come back. Okay. Because one of the recipes that I haven't made in a while, but I used to love is just getting a filet, a white filet of fish. So I like flounder. And then spreading mayo on top and chopping up a whole bunch of herbs. Parsley, thyme, leafy ones, not just like rosemary and thyme. Because you yeah. want to basically press the herb mix on top. I think my favorite used to be a combination of cilantro, parsley, and chives. But if you don't like cilantro, basil is a really good mix. And then you press the herbs on top of the mayo so that the mayo is basically covered. And that's it. And then pop it into the oven and cook it. It's a Martha Stewart recipe. I'm going to dig it up and find it. But it's so quick and easy. And the mayo keeps the fish really, really moist. So you don't have to worry too much about like overcooking it. And then the herbs instead of breadcrumbs give it a nice, really bright flavor. And it keeps the whole dish really light. Also, can we talk about that you just threw fish at us as a brainless crowd pleaser? <laughs> is that not and good? Is our, that... And our listeners are going to be like, uh, we're going to need a follow up about fish. Okay. I know it's already on the schedule, but like I have one fish hater in my family. I'm not going to call her out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but so I like That's I don't shady, that. Mama, shady. I know, I know, I know. Listen, you're right. And I didn't even think of that. But I'm going to tell you that. I also like fish isn't a huge crowd pleaser, but a white flaky fish that's covered in something. I'm just thinking that if your family likes fish, it's kind of just one step away from fish fingers. Yeah. 
So I get it. Like green herbs and fish, like maybe that's uh but that if your family does like that, it is so quick and easy. And I was thinking more about the mayo. Mayo is kind of a miracle ingredient. But anyway, that can be it a good mini. Is. I love mayo as a like secret weapon in frosting. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that and never done it. You just put like a tablespoon in and it makes it super smooth. It's like adding an emulsion to create an yeah, emulsion. Yeah, that totally Anyways. makes sense. I know. We have to talk about pan sauces, but I only have one fish <laughs> recipe on my list and I want to shout it out because it feels very opposite of your one fish <laughs> suggestion, <laughs> which is Jennifer Zyman, who's a, an Atlanta food writer who I love, and she's also a mom. Um, she has a recipe on kitchen. I think this this is sort of like a template that anyone can pull off. But you use frozen breaded fish fingers, and you make like a quick slaw and make almost instant fish tacos. And my family loves that. Even my one fish hater, maybe I don't tell her it's fish. She hasn't asked yet, but we'll link to that one as well. And that's like sort of the opposite. You're like, I buy flaky white fish, and I'm like. I'm buying frozen cod fillets from Trader Joe's. <laughs> you know what's funny that she never asks? I have this thing where Oliver, he does ask though, but he's also a little bit older. He yeah. has a weird thing about pork. Okay. And he says he doesn't like pork, except he really likes pulled pork. And like if I make a boneless pork loin cutlet, so it's like really tender, there's not a lot of fat on it. He'll be like, is this chicken? And I'm like, always kind of tempted to lie. And I'm like, no, it's pork. But he's like, yeah, but it's like chicken pork. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is like chicken pork. And he's like, okay. I'm like, oh, why do we whatever do this you need to believe? Right? Yeah. <laughs> what is this rigmarole about? Like, it is what it is. If you like it, then maybe you like pork. Anyway, kids are so weird. Okay. Pan sauce? Pan sauce. All right. Let's talk about it. So what is a pan sauce for anyone who's like not listened to the sauce episode or not ever thought to make one? It's just a quick sauce, not, like not heavy, not like pasta sauce. You're only making a little bit that is going to come together in the pan where you already cooked your protein and it's enough to just pour on top of the protein. And it, it depends like how much liquid you use and how much you cook it down. But like I like it just enough so that it's like loose and you pour it on top like a lemon caper sauce for yeah. chicken cutlets or pork cutlets, something like that. I think that's really good to set the expectation. Like for a long time, I struggled with pan sauces because I felt like it should be the texture of like a hollandaise. Like so it's really thick, but that's not what a pan sauce is. Right. It's almost like a broth, but somewhere in between the two. Right. Like, totally. Yes. So I like the consistency, and it really just depends. But if you take a silicone spatula and you drag it across your pan and it parts, and you can see the part for a minute, but it's going to quickly come back together. It's not like yes. thick and the part isn't going to stay. So that is what you're looking for. And the basic idea is that you brown your protein and you're going to have little tidbits fond. On your pan. That's what I've always called it, bond. But then I learned it also has another name. Shoot, and now I'm going to forget what it is. Like sucres. We'll link to the. I'll, oh, I'll link okay. to the source for it. Has another okay. name. Okay. So you have that all stuck in your pan. You remove the meat while you're making your sauce or your protein. I guess it could be 
tofu. And you'll still get, like, if you've coated your tofu in cornstarch or something to make it crispy, you'll still have some stuff on the pan. And then the yeah, first step vegetables. is to deglaze. Yeah, right? Yeah. First step is to deglaze. Walk us through deglazing. Deglazing is just taking a little bit of liquid, just enough to, like, this is not the rule, but I think of it as like a quick coating of the pan, but it's not so much that the liquid isn't going to mostly evaporate. So the idea is that your pan is hot. It has all this stuff stuck on it. You're going to put the liquid in and in that like minute before it cooks off, because again, we're not doing tons, you're going to be able to scrape all those crispy bits off because there's flavor in that. And that's why a lot of people use, if you cook with wine, if you drink wine and that's okay with you, a lot of people use wine because most of it is going to cook off, but you get a nice residual flavor that's going to be like at the base of your sauce. But you can use broth is what I use most frequently. What do you use? to? You can use vinegar. Yeah, I was just going to say vinegar is the one that like people forget about. But then like honestly, especially if you're doing um, chicken or fish, Any kind of citrus juice, so not just lemon juice, but, like, if you have some clementines, you could quickly throw that in there and some herbs, and it would make it, like, really flavorful. Also, water. I feel like people don't want to cook with water. They think it can can be flavorless, but, like, if you have a ton of herbs and maybe you even, like, minced a shallot to throw in your pan before you deglaze it – You can, because it's, again, like you were saying, it's such a small amount. You could do, like, a combination of water and wine if you have any concerns about the alcohol or maybe you're, like, at the bottom of your bottle of wine. Yeah, so don't hesitate to use water and then just up the flavor with other things like herbs and fresh or dry. Totally. So, and, you know, we're not going to, this isn't like an, a mini on pan sauces, although maybe we could do one. But, you know, you could like <laughs> you saute a shallot it. before you deglaze. Like you could add herbs when you're like cooking your sauce down. There's a lot of stuff you can do. But the basic idea is deglaze, you know, loosen all those crispy bits, get them going. Then you add the liquid that's going to be the main of your sauce, right? So it could be yeah. some butter and cream. It can be more wine. It can be chicken broth. You know, if you're going to have some herbs, you can throw that in there and you're going to cook it down till you get to near the right like level and volume and consistency you want. And then you're going to finish with a pat of butter. And that's where it's going to get really nice and like silky. That isn't going to add volume, but you want to like, you know, have it be right before the sauce is done cooking because it's going to cook down for another minute or two as the butter melts and incorporates itself. Yeah. And you want to be like stirring pretty regularly once you start adding the butter because you are making a very loose emulsion where you're like forcing the butter and the liquid together. But I want I did want to also add that you don't have to just use butter. You can use sour cream, yogurt, creme fraiche. Any of those will help finish your pan sauce. So yummy. I feel like we didn't I didn't I don't have like necessarily a vegan call out for any of those or a non-dairy, but like I think if you have a non-dairy yogurt you love, you should try that for a pan sauce. Yeah, I've also done it with vegan butter and it works. I mean, yeah. I used in particular Miyoko vegan butter, which has a really nice texture and mouthfeel and fat content. So that worked really well because the idea is that it has like a nice fat content, something that's going to like bring it all together. So like a typical thing, I did this recently. I had those pork chops, those chicken pork. (laughs) 
Josh, as <laughs> Oliver calls them. You know, salt and pepper, I brown them. Then I deglaze with a little bit of white wine. And then I added heavy cream, mustard, and capers, cooked it down, finished with a pat of butter. And that mm. pan sauce takes about, I don't know, four to five minutes. And then once the sauce is right, I put the chicken pork chops <laughs> back into the pan, <laughs> along with the juices that accumulated in the five minutes that it took me to put the pan sauce together, cook another minute or two and flip them around so they get coated. And that's that. You know, you put the pork chops on the plate, you pour a little bit of the sauce over it, and that's dinner. Okay. I feel like we got into, like, very fancy territory talking about pan sauces. <laughs> yes, you're right. Bring fish. it back. Let's go back. Come on. So let's bring it back. Okay. Wait. I'm going to say one more fancy. Sounds fancy, but it's easy. My family loves sheet pan steak frites, which is basically like a yes. skirt steak or a flank steak cooked on a preheated sheet pan. And... The recipe I'm going to link to walks you through hand-cut French fries. But y'all know, I'm just reaching for a bag from the freezer (laughs) nine times out of ten. And that's like a really easy, sort of fancy miracle meal that my family loves. Yes. Steak is a big one in our house, too. Yeah. And like, especially in the summer, we'll grill steak. Totally. Like, that's it. And grill veggies and dinner is done. And that's really nice because then there is zero cleanup. Also, another one using, like, flank or skirt is um, slow cooker beef and broccoli. I tend to forget about this one because I'm not great. And we have a whole episode on the slow cooker. But I'm not great at remembering to, like, start stuff in the morning. But this is one of my husband's favorite meals and also one that he will sometimes put together. And we'll link to a recipe on kitchen. Oh, okay. So not a steak-related recipe, but... We do this so much right now because Emmett, my six-year-old, is really into them. Crispy beef tacos. The very Americanized, like you buy the pre-made yellow shell and you cook a pound or a pound and a half of ground beef with taco seasoning, store-bought or homemade, no judgment. And then you just basically put that and cheese in a shell and warm them up in the oven, and then do, like, shredded lettuce and tomato on top. That's totally on my list, too. Yes. My kids can eat, like, four of them. A hundred percent. I'm always like, what? And even, okay, Emmett is not really into cheese, which feels very (laughs) off-brand. Get with the freaking program. <laughs> but the I love to put the cheese in the bottom of the, yes. tor- the shell because I think it helps like the meat stay. And then when you he- heat it in the oven, it melts a little better. Also, P.S., when it comes out of the oven like that, a little sour cream at the bottom, too, so that there's sour cream in every bite. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, but a funny thing is that it's like the one place where he'll allow it because I've convinced him that it's easier to eat and then ella's the opposite she wants like way way more cheese in hers and just like a little bit of meat and then all the other toppings let's be honest it's one of my favorite quick meals too yeah right it's really good (laughs) and it makes me think of how both of us love a tostada which we do a tostada a lot but then sometimes emmett's like annoyed he's like why is it why is it why isn't it i just want I just want to be able to hold it, mom. And I'm like, okay, well, like the same thing, but gives me more opportunity for toppings. But I do want to give a shout out to the tostada. I want to pause there for one second because I think the great thing about the tostada is that you don't have to cook anything. (laughs) 
Yeah, right. Right. There is like a vegetarian version that is so easy. I use Trader Joe's Chipotle black bean dip. I think the stuff is delicious. And I literally spread it on top, (laughs) sprinkle cheese, put it all in the oven so that the tostada warms through and the bean dip and the cheese melts, and then put like salsa avocado and lettuce on top. And it's really, really easy. So if even cooking a batch of ground beef with taco seasoning feels like a lot to you, buy a bag of tostadas and buy your favorite, like make sure your favorite bean dip, make sure those two things are always in your pantry because you pretty much always have dinner then. Yes. Okay. You mentioning Trader Joe's made me think we have a whole episode with Kelsey Nixon about shortcut dinners, which could almost be like a considered a Trader Joe's commercial. Even though they're not a sponsor at all. But um, I want to shout out their orange chicken. I don't know. I think it's like really popular. Like everyone really yeah. loves it. You know, I've never had it. Okay. Well, I you have to change that next time you get to Trader okay. Joe's. If you like orange chicken. I do. I will say like, you know, it's kind of sweet. And I have two hacks for it. One is I love to cook the chicken in the air fryer. Like then you don't even have to heat up the oven to cook it, which is kind of nice. So you just like make a pot of rice, air fry the chicken, and then toss the chicken with the sauce that comes with it. And then the other thing is, I feel like this might be one of those where we get some hate mail or some hate DMs, but like, I feel like they put too much sauce in the package. Like it's one package of the breaded chicken that you reheat and then two packages of sauce. So recently I've started just buying like another bag of like popcorn chicken from Trader Joe's and me it makes twice then I get like two servings of orange chicken out of one bag and they they sell popcorn chicken just like that plain I'm like do what did I buy it at Trader Joe's or did I just grab it at the grocery store I don't remember but I definitely saved like one of the orange chicken packets in our freezer because I was like this is too much sauce especially because this is one of those moments where I don't toss everyone's chicken with the sauce because Ella doesn't really love it so I'll leave some plain anyways so I'm not using it up and I was like I how can I have orange chicken again without buying more orange chicken and then just continuing the process of like always having an extra packet of orange the orange sauce yeah. in my freezer it's brilliant so money saver too yeah i can't remember though if i did get popcorn chicken at trader joe's or if it was at the regular grocery store one of the two you could always use chicken nuggets if that's your thing yes too. totally yeah. okay one more chicken thing since we're on it And actually, I don't always make it with chicken, but sheep pan fajitas. Oh, such a good one. So easy. You literally cut up two peppers and an onion and then whatever, you know, else. I either use sweet potato wedges or chicken breast. Yeah. You can use chicken thighs, too. But I find that with the fajitas, my kids really do like chicken thighs. But in some preparations, you know, if I don't trim it, which then I think adds time to your prep they get weird about it. Fajitas (laughs) is one of those. So to not even have to worry about that, because I'm making this a crowd pleaser, it's just chicken breasts, you know, tossed with everything, put in the oven, warm tortillas, and you're done. Yes. I think we should just shout out sheet pan dinners in general. Like, I think those are some of my favorite um, Happy Meals. Because you just, like, throw everything in the oven, and then that's the one pan you have to clean. I really need to make more sheet pan meals. I mean, one of the things that I do, but I don't know, it's not really always a sheet pan meal. Roasted sausage is what I'd like to give a shout out to. My family loves sausage. 
So I just feel like throwing sausage on a sheet pan and drizzling with olive oil. And maybe it's just that. And then I'm putting it in a roll. Like, I don't even know. We usually do it with a side of toast and herbed beans, white beans, which I find really easy. But you could cut up that, like, just like with the fajitas, an onion, a pepper, and put it on the sheet pan, too. And then just put that on, like, a sub roll, a hoagie roll, a whatever roll. It depends where you live in the United States. (laughs) (laughs) But my kids love roasted sausage. Like, even just if I make a pot of rice and roast sausage on the side and, like, steamed broccoli, they're happy. And this is why we do these episodes, because I'm like, oh, actually, my whole family loves sausage. And I don't think to do that as a a happy meal often enough. But in the same vein, our family loves the one pot orzo and sausage that you wrote. Yes. um, When we were working with Bonza, and we'll link to that recipe on Instagram. It's kind of like something somewhere between a risotto and a pasta dish even if you don't use the bonza pasta that we call for and you use traditional orzo totally it ends up with this like super creamy really delicious texture and flavor before we move off of sheep pans i want to talk about the sheep pan gnocchi that i feel like has taken over the world but maybe not i don't know (laughs) That's how it feels to me. I feel like it's, it's everywhere. It's taken over our world. It's right? taken over our world. And I love it. And I was making it regularly. And every time I made it, I was like, this is the best. Dumping cherry tomatoes, dumping gnocchi all into a pan, seasoning, I mean, into a bowl rather, seasoning it, tossing it with oil, putting it on a sheet pan, cook, done, dinner. But I stopped doing it as frequently because Oliver has a thing about roasted tomatoes Mm. and doesn't love them. And then I was like, well, if I take out the roasted tomatoes, like, what's my vegetable? And then I was like, but the whole point of this is that everything's in one bowl and on one sheet pan. So I would do it with roasted broccoli, but then Isaac doesn't like roasted broccoli. Then I did it with, like, sage, gnocchi, (laughs) and butternut squash. And then butternut squash was an issue with one of them. I was like, this is, I give up. I need to take a break. Yeah, But I really do think it's a great idea. I cannot think of a specific example, but I have had so many things where I'm like, okay, I'm really into this and we're going to cook it a bunch. And then someone starts to be like, but I don't like the onion in it. Or like, I don't like this part of it. And you're like, come on, guys. Stop shorting my list of happy meals. (laughs) And I get like weird and aggro because my kids are not small. Like I'm not here to like spoon feed you anymore or like I'm priming your palate. Yeah. I'm like, listen, you're 13 and you're 11. Just freaking eat the vegetables. Like I cannot. (laughs) Are you kidding? Or how about eat around it and shut the hell up? Yeah. Like I don't need you to make an announcement about what vegetable you don't like. Listen, in old school, we're not like having one of our episodes. We're like, how to, you know, foster a love of vegetables for your child. I'm like, and P.S. No freaking dessert either. (laughs) Eat the goddamn butternut squash. I don't care if you don't like it. Like, are you going to die? Like, just eat it. Oh, just it's a please. good thing that kids You're don't 13. listen to these episodes. <laughs> You're 14. He's 14 now. He's 14. Oh, my goodness. I'm not here for your complaints. <laughs> also, you know what's funny is you know that when they went to other friends' houses for dinner and stuff, they knew to just eat around the thing they didn't like and not say anything about it. They know 100%. how to do that. Yes. They even tell me, like, when they come back from school, they'll be like, oh, we had cabbage for the side for lunch, and I just didn't eat it. It's like, okay, cool. So you know how to do that? 
Can you do that at the dinner table too? Frustrating. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, it's a good segue to do you have any more specific recipes that you want to call out? I don't, but I'm going to say a couple of things that don't work for my family, but it's like the fish thing. The fish works for my family, may not work for yours. I want to give a shout out to frozen shrimp because if your family likes shrimp, having frozen shrimp in the freezer at all times means you're always literally 10 to 15 minutes away from a very quick dinner. Either just thawing it, making it a shrimp cocktail dinner with like snacks or tossing it in a pan right from the freezer with some like oil, garlic, lemon. Done. I also want to give a shout out to stir fry. I feel like this year I'm going to try to perfect stir fry. I have one stir fry and winner winner chicken dinner that's just basil and red pepper that my boys really like. Uh, But I think that if you have a stir fry or two in your back pocket, that's another really great miracle meal where you're just throwing everything into the pan, stirring it together, tons of flavor very fast. I think we need a whole episode on stir fries. And we will. That's a great idea. We've got to find the perfect guest for it because it's culturally important. And there's lots of little things you can do to make the easiest stir fry delicious. Totally. Totally. Anything else for you before we do our lightning round of veggies? I mean, I just I think I sort of touched on this already. Like, you know, if you're struggling to figure out what Happy Meals are, thinking about general categories like sheet pan dinners, one pot dinners, slow cooker dinners, instant pot dinners, all of those are like really fast and family friendly. Yes. Okay. Vegetables. I feel challenged by this. Although I do, I do have one, I do have one thing to recommend because I shared it on Instagram recently, and I'm now just like remembering. Okay, so can we start with this idea of like steam and bag veggies? Yeah, I keep on hand steam and bag corn, frozen peas, steam and bag broccoli. A lot of times I have butternut squash on hand as well, edamame, and then like all of the potato products, which are not the same as like a vegetable side. I don't think like tater tots and french fries. Does that count? Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You're giving me a lot of Made from a potato. Potatoes a vegetable. <laughs> We're going to say yes. Okay, okay. But so, you know what's funny? We have very little overlap. I don't have any of those things except squash what? on hand. Okay, tell me what you keep on hand for steam so bag what veggies. I buy I don't buy a lot of frozen vegetables. We don't like peas. I keep peas on hand to add to like rice or like if I'm making, I don't know, like arroz con pollo or something like that. My weekly go-tos, fresh broccoli, fresh cauliflower, and um if I'm gonna have a really busy week, I'll buy it already like prepped and cut. A bag of steam and bag green beans, but fresh, not the frozen kind. Yeah, okay, I got you. I buy those. I buy cut up butternut squash. I buy whole sweet potatoes. We do a lot of sweet potato because Oliver yeah. loves it. I feel like 2021 for me is like the year of the baked potato. I started at the end of last year learning that I could bake Yukon gold potatoes and it was like even better than a russet baked potato. And now it's just like once a week we're having baked potatoes with leftovers on them. Yeah. Weirdly, my kids like sweet potato better than regular potato. So we buy sweet potato all the time. And in a pinch, I will just wrap like poke holes in it, wet a paper towel, cover like wrap it around a raw sweet potato and pop it in the microwave. Until yes, it's fork tender all the way pack. through. Yes. Right? So like yes. if I don't have time to bake it. Otherwise, I'll bake it in advance. And then sometimes I'll like peel it out of the skin, a roasted potato, and mash it. 
or I'll just cut it into slices and serve it with a little bit of like honey butter drizzled on top. But yeah, sweet potatoes are big in my house. Okay. So those those were all like excellent sweet potato ideas. How are you dressing up the other vet? Or ideally, how would you? Because you already said at the top of the episode so, that you're like, I'm just microwaving green beans I and am everyone's annoyed lot. by it. And I, the way we do the green beans is I'll microwave them and I'll do oil and lemon and salt. Yeah. Like that's our go-to. I have a method for doing uh, 10-minute green beans, salt and pepper green beans in the pan that's really, really easy from Make It Easy that I can link to. We're basically like I'm steaming them. I put them in a like high-sided pan with a little bit of water, like not even an inch. Cover, steam. Then I just drain the water and like with the green beans still in it, I don't even take out the strainer. So you just got to be careful, but you just kind of hold the lid and let most of the water dribble out. And then throw a huge pat of butter, salt and pepper, and like in two minutes, like on high heat, get the butter to melt and toss everything around. But those are my two. I just added a new string bean recipe to my repertoire that's really easy, where I open the bag because I buy the bag even when I'm not going to steam it in the bag because it's washed and prepped. And that saves time, right? So I throw it on a sheet pan. I take two strips of bacon with kitchen shears and just cut cut it up, like instead of chopping it, and cut one red onion into wedges. So it's not like chopping an onion, which takes more time. And toss it all on a sheet pan with olive oil, garlic powder, onion powder, salt, pepper, and roast them. That's Mm, like, that's it. Like that's what I've been doing. I feel like those are the only ways I've cooked string beans in the last year and a half. (laughs) But also silly. sounds like a lot more effort than sometimes I even want. Yeah, to I agree it, like. that the sheet pan <laughs> is, but it's mostly like steam in the bag, toss in a bowl, lemon, yeah. olive oil. Okay, that's fair. Can I just shout out some products instead of any yes. sort of like recipes? Okay, this is in line with the sauce episode, which we've like referred to a couple of times, but I'm loving Not Just Co., which they're like a former sponsor and they just came out with new products at the end of 2020. They have this, I think I might get it wrong, but it's like a tahini miso lemon dressing. It is so good. It is so good. It's kind of reminds me of a Caesar salad dressing without the parm, which you could totally add. But we're nuts for it. Like on any kind of bag slaw, like I'll get the Trader Joe's, like, you know, they have the kale and Brussels sprout and cabbage sort of mixes and toss that dressing on there, which is a really nice and easy side. But also we've done it on that steaming bag broccoli and then added like a bunch of parm and a bunch of black pepper. And it's a really great side. I'm really in love with Haven's Kitchen. I can't remember if we've talked about them on the show or not. They're a woman-owned company and I think they're out of like New York, if not Brooklyn, close to you. They make these sort of like, they. it's like the baby food pouches or the applesauce pouches, but they have these like beautiful sauces in them and they have a, they have a miso dressing, but I I love their chimichurri. I mean, yes, I know how to make a chimichurri, but it's so convenient to like grab it at the grocery store and then just always have it on hand. And that is one like we'll do the the frozen butternut squash, just heat it up and toss it with the chimichurri or we'll like drizzle it over those roasted sweet potatoes. So good. And then this is, I feel like this is like the funniest ingredient I've ever added to my pantry. And I, I don't know why, but I did a, a 
photo shoot recently with Lighthouse Foods, like doing the food styling. And so this is how I was introduced to this product, which is it's basically like a bunch of dried herbs. They call it their guacamole blend. So I think it has like red pepper and cilantro and definitely has garlic and onions in it. But I haven't used it outside of that shoot once for guacamole. I (laughs) have been like taking the corn the steaming bag corn and tossing it with that or what did I do this week with it oh I basically made like green rice with it like I cooked a pot of rice and then added that and made it into this like green rice Ooh, that and some of the Haven's kitchen chimichurri was so good so yeah just I those are my only three but I just wanted to shout out like use the sauces that you have in your fridge and you think oh like I don't have any sauces but if you've got salad dressing if you've got mustard if you have any oil and vinegar in your pantry you have sauces in your kitchen right now you these are all genius I'm madly taking notes because I tend to either I think about the preparation of my vegetables and then it's usually just like garlic oil lemon vinegar you know what I mean? Like, that's how I finish. Bacon is one that I use a lot to flavor. The only thing that I can think of that I do that's like what you're describing is that I'll roast cauliflower with drained, a can of drained chickpeas. Just like put it all on a sheet pan, salt, pepper, oil, let it roast. And then when it comes out, I'll toss it with a quote unquote dressing, literally just cider vinegar, olive oil, and grainy mustard that I shake up and toss it with the cauliflower and chickpeas while it's still hot. And that's a really, like, popular one. It ha- it takes longer because you're roasting, but it's very little effort. But I'm going to totally steal every single one of these ideas. Okay, do it. And we'll link to all the places you can buy Definitely. things online. I can't wait to be in the listeners group and see the ideas that come from everyone else because we think we have good ideas, and then you guys just blow us away every week. So unless you have anything to add, I'm going to close this out, Billis. Do it. Do it. Okay. Make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter to get an exclusive recipe. Ooh, what is it going to be this week? No, really. I don't <laughs> know. Let's not. We'll not tell okay. them. We're going to come Plus, up with something good. our pick of the week every single week. You can subscribe at didn'tijustfeedyou.com or follow the link in our Instagram bio. And speaking of Instagram, you can find us there and on Facebook as at didn't I just feed you. Just you guys, keep in mind that the real fun on Facebook is happening in our private Facebook listeners community that Megan just mentioned. The answer to be let in is whiskey. Oh, and of course, don't forget to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You. Most important thing, wherever you get your podcast, so that you don't miss a single episode. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. Samantha, we love you. Woo-hoo. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well fed until next week. Oliver. Yeah. Who's the best cook in the whole family? You. And then me. And then Dad. And then Isaac. Ah! <laughs> you put us in all kinds of order. Mm-hmm.